Good morning to our Sherrod Church service this morning. Hi, everybody. It's great to be with you guys. I don't know what day of the quarantine we are in, but I thought that song was appropriate. Peace in my troubled sea. I would sing it, but I can't with a good voice. Um, this morning, I just wanted to have a, a, a devotional for us, a lesson for us um, about the current topic of worrying. We are in a, in a pandemic. There are a lot of things going on. There is a lot of scary things. And, you know, we as human beings, we all handle it different. There are different kinds of people. There are people that have um, really low blood pressure, like almost Dracula blood pressure. And there's people who have really high blood pressure when it comes to worry. And, uh, you know, I was looking this week about different books on worry and I found a few topics that are a few titles that are funny to me but they're trying to address the issue of worry and stress and it, it says why zebras don't get ulcers that's one one side uh, the other the other book was gorilla mindset and the other one was um it's okay Ken. the Japanese the Japanese way of decluttering to manage our stress and then you know you have these two variations you have really low you have really high reactions and then you have most of us who are kind of kind of in the middle and in light of what's happening to our country in light of what's happening to our economy those of us who don't even necessarily consider ourselves warriors uh we can start to begin to worry so to start us off i wanted to ask a question maybe it's not Okay. I wanted to ask a question. And you can raise your hand or not raise your hand. I can't really tell or see you on the screen, but who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? I'm not going to raise my hand, but if you're raising your hand, that's awesome. Next question. Who of you by worrying so much that you think you may have taken a year or so off your life expectancy? Is there anything more valuable to you than staying alive? I don't really want to anyway. Staying alive. Worrying doesn't extend our life. It only shortens our life. And you can't make life better by worrying. It doesn't make any sense at all. So as your pastor, I want to say we should stop it. We should stop worrying. But it's just not that simple. I mean, it sounds simple, but it doesn't really play out that simply in our lives. I mean, no one's arguing that it's beneficial to worry. And we know rationally that we can't add anything to our life. And we know that literature hasn't solved the problem. We know that um, books haven't solved the problem. So, you know, like this virus and like this song, God's going to lead us through it. He's going to lead us through the storms. He's going to give us peace in our troubled sea. So we're going to look at, for the next three weeks, we're going to look about worrying. And so I wanted to start off by introducing this topic and introducing Jesus to this topic. And what Jesus says about this topic is pretty incredible. In fact, I think it's life-changing. And honestly, if we were to really get this teaching from Jesus and 
and get it all over us and embrace it in our life and embrace it in our thinking, I think it would really knock down worrying. It would knock down your stress levels. It would knock, it would knock down our anxiety levels. You know, worrying has been around a very long time. And 2,000 years ago, Jesus addressed it. And there was real worry then, and there's real worry today. And so Jesus addresses this topic of worry, and he's going to say some things, and I want us to discover it together. So here we go. The main point of, of, of the, the, this lesson is, and what Jesus is teaching us, that I'll get to in a minute, is that our point of greatest devotion will be the point of our greatest emotion. Jesus is saying that things that you are most devoted to are the things that will determine what you worry about. Now, we don't think that way because worry is, is so emotional and we try to deal with worry in the realm of just pure emotion. And what Jesus is trying to point out in this, in this text here in Matthew chapter six, we'll get to in a second. He's saying, I wanna take away the mystery of worry. You know, I wanna take away that mystery. Let me give you an example. Um, I don't worry about your job. I don't sit around my house thinking and worrying about your job. Like if you lost your job, I would be concerned. I would call you, I'd pray for you, I'd encourage you. I don't worry about your kids struggling with their grades. I'd be concerned, I'd call you, I'd pray for you. Uh, I'm not worried uh, about how you're gonna retire. I hope you retire sipping margaritas on a beach somewhere for the rest of your life. But I don't sit around worrying about those things because never once in my life have I ever devoted myself to making sure those things go well for you because they're not the point of my devotion. They're the point of your devotion. So the idea here is the greatest devotion will be the greatest emotion. So here's what I'm, but here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that your situation is not so bad. I'm not saying that your everything is going to be fine. In fact, uh, I, I think there's real reason to be concerned. And I'm not saying that don't be concerned because that's not helpful. That's denial. But if Jesus is correct, if our situation can be bad and things won't necessarily be fine, and we may have reason to be concerned, but we do not have to worry. And that is what Jesus is pinpointing in his audience then, and he's pinpointing in the audience now. When Jesus decided to teach on worry, he used a, a moment in Matthew chapter six as one of those main preeminent subjects of one of the greatest sermons in the gospels. It's like the epicenter. And you know what topic he launched with? Do you know what he started the, the subject matter of worry? Do you know what topic he started with? Money. Interesting. And when I searched on Google, the top four things that people worry about, according to psycholo uh, psychologist surveys, it said money was one, job was two, health was three, and relationships with four. So let's dive into the Bible and see what Jesus teaches us, his audience then, and us today about worry. He says, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to one 
and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Remember, this is one of his greatest sermons that Jesus did for us. And he's saying that our devotion determines our pressure points, our worry points. What we are most committed to determines what we worry about the most. You know, um, our kids' study habits, our health. I mean, you're not concerned about the national debt of Lithuania, right? The Greek word here about money is translated the treasure a person trusts in. If I were to put it in just regular terms, stuff. The point of focus, the point of devotion, Jesus is saying you can't be devoted to both. And we're like, no, 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 Jesus, I can love God and love my stuff. And Jesus says, well, you have to decide which you're going to be devoted to. And we're like, well, Jesus, like, why? I can do both, Jesus. And we're like, He's like, well, you can like both, but you're going to need to make a choice. And we're like, I don't want to discuss this, Jesus. And Jesus is like, well, I think you need to address it. And whenever you see a therefore in the Bible, it's connecting two thoughts. So he just got done saying, okay, there's a war between who you're going to serve and who's going to be the boss of your life. And there's a tension. And he says, therefore, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. And that's pretty general. And he's saying, don't worry about your life. Don't worry. Jesus, there's COVID-19. Don't worry about your life. And now, Jesus, what do you mean about our life? Don't worry about the things that you worry about. And then he addresses the things his audience worries about. He says this to his audience, it was food and it was clothing. And we don't really worry about food and clothing a lot. That's not, that's not, that was their concern. And it was real because, you know, it's a, it's a society where food was scarce. Food and clothing. We don't worry about that. We worry about jobs, advancement, school, sports grades, retirement, health, and toilet paper. He says, I can't follow the next one. He says, he says, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink, or about your body, or about what you'll wear. Think about that for a second. Think about that. Is not life more, more than food? and the body more than clothes. Isn't your life more than a job or getting into the right college or getting married or getting your kids to the right school? Or think about what you worry about. Is that your life? No. Is it important? Yes. Your life? No. What is your life? And we can object and say, well, what are you trying to say, Jesus? Don't worry, be happy, get a tan, get a surfboard, get a latte. No, he, he, listen to what he's saying. He's saying for just a moment, I am want to help you with worry. I want to teach you how not to worry. And I want you to pull back a little bit. I want you to pull back just a little bit. And this is so insensitive to, 
so insensitive. Because I want you to pull back and he says, I want you to look at the birds of the air. I don't have time to look at the birds of the air. I don't have time to do that, Jesus. I want our economy back. I need this virus to die. My kids are struggling with homeschooling. I'm struggling with homeschooling. Birds of the air? I need the Wi-Fi to work. I need a haircut. I need my bald spots to grow back. Birds of the air? And Jesus says, no offense, Jesus. No offense, but the birds of the air, are you, are you kidding me? And I think he would say to, to me and to you, is, are you finished, Gio? I'm trying to help you. Jesus, Jesus said, don't worry. I mean, how insensitive is that, don't worry? No, no, no. It's actually very practical. And Jesus says, he's saying this, I'm not discounting, discounting the importance of any of what you said. I'm not discounting that at all. I'm just trying to help you not to worry. And the reason you're so worried is because you're so hyper-focused. And your devotion goes with your focus and your emotion follows your devotion. And it's just a big mess. And you end up becoming in a, in a tailspin. So I want to give you some advice. And we're like, okay, Jesus, what's your advice? Okay, look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or sow or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Look at the birds of the air, but they're not. They're not in COVID-19. Please let me finish. He's addressing our culture. He's addressing the audience and their culture as well. The birds just go with the flow. He says they don't sow. They don't reap. They grab a string. They grab a twig. They grab a piece of leaf and they fly into this tree at the highest point they can go and they make a little fort. And then they have kids. And when the kids are young, they kick them out. They go south. Do they even know why? Birds don't have a planner. Birds don't have a budget. They just live off instinct. And yet, your heavenly father feeds them. Let me ask you a question. Do you think God cares more for you than he does the birds. Do you think God is more concerned about you, you who are made in his image, more than birds? He loves you. He sent a savior. I mean, can we really say that inside, internally? I am more valuable than a bird. You do so, and you do reap, and you do apply yourself and you do work hard, and you do try. If God takes care of birds, what about you? This is what he's telling them. His point is not, don't try to get into a good school. Don't try to advance your career. Don't call that disciple girl you like. He's not, he's not saying don't do that. His point is, don't worry about it. You can do what you can do, and then trust God to do what you can't do. That is not fatalistic because we're not trusting in fate. We believe and you believe in a personal God. And if you think that's too simplistic, then answer this. 
Can any one of you, by worrying, he goes on in his sermon, add a single hour to your life? He says, go ahead and get hyper-focused. Go ahead. See if it'll add an hour to your life. And then he says, and why do you worry about clothes? Jesus is so insensitive here. See how the flowers of the field grow? They don't labor or spin. He's saying, look, guys, the flowers are lazy. They don't do, they do nothing. They don't do anything. They just show up out of the dirt. <laughs> Hello, son. And they hang out. Look how they're clothed. They don't labor. They don't spin. They don't do anything. But I tell you that not even Solomon, the richest man in his time, in all his splendor, was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which are here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? Jesus is speaking and he's saying, don't you believe that perhaps in the tomorrow that you have no control over, based on the today that you've done all you can, don't you believe God will and can take care of you? And then Jesus gets down to the real issue. You of little faith. And he, now he goes to the heart because worry is a faith issue. And some of us have more faith in your worry than we do in God. Our emotions get attached to things that we're most devoted to. And you behave as if we believe that worry is going to shape our future. More worry will not change your tomorrow. And these emotions, they get attached to things that we really are devoted to. And Jesus is saying, the reason it is difficult for you to pull away and to trust me with the uncertainty of tomorrow, the reason you are so devoted to and so emotionally uh, distraught about the issues of life, the important issues of life, is the issues is, do you trust your Father in heaven? Oh, you of little faith. This is what he's teaching them. People that are struggling to find food, people that are struggling to find, to put together clothes for their children's back because clothes were expensive back then. Worriers are expressing little to no confidence in God's willingness and ability to take care of them. Well, I know God can, but I don't know if God will. I don't know if God's going to fix things that I'm worried about. So let me ask you a question. What if you could wake up every day and live your life as if you were absolutely confident that God was your heavenly father and that he could be trusted? That is what Jesus is telling us. What would your life look like? What if you could wake up every single day confident that God loves you more than the birds? He loves you more than the flowers and could and would take care of you. What are you worried about? Here's, here's a newsflash for us all. Not one single second of your life has been a certainty. We have lived with uncertainties since we were born. It's just that in, through different stages of our life, we've become more aware of the uncertainty. 
your future has been uncertain every single moment of every single day. We just, we just don't have the ability to determine anything about our future at any point in our life. We just have become more aware of the uncertainty of life. And Jesus is saying, look, has God been faithful to you in the past uncertainty? You just weren't aware. You just weren't as aware of it. You just weren't as stressed out about it. Yes. Well, life has changed and our culture has changed and the economy has changed. What about God has changed? Nothing. Okay. You of little faith. This is his message to people that were struggling. And what human beings need, what we need is certainty. Things that we can do. And what we expect and what, what, what's, what's in our ability to do, we can be certain we're going to do that. And then we need clarity. Well, how, how should I respond to things that I can't control? Trust God. That, those, are our, our, those are our options. Or we can worry, which brings about neither. Worry never brings about certainty. It never brings things about clarity. It just takes from us. And so Jesus takes this time, this moment to talk about to his audience in 2,000 years ago that I think applies to us. Do not worry. Your heavenly father loves you. He cares about you. And Jesus is saying worry is a waste of time. You can't add good to your life by worrying. And when you begin to worry about your future, say to yourself, this is a waste of time. I'm not going to waste my life. The second thing he's saying is we are to do what we can and rest in God's providence. When you begin to go down that road, have I done all I know to do? Will I trust God to do what only he can do? What do I trust more? Do I trust worry or do I trust God? And thirdly, Jesus is teaching us our worry is an indication of our devotion. Our greatest devotion will be the greatest point of emotion. What are you most devoted to? And is that really what you want to live your life for? Is your life more than that? So as we look at our life today and we look at the, the topic of war and we look at our own hearts, Jesus is really trying to make it simple for us. Don't worry. Your greatest point of devotion will be the greatest point of your greatest emotion. So what can we do practically? A good practical is to read Matthew chapter 6, 24 to 34 for your quiet times. If you really are in a place of I'm really worried, read that several times. Read it several times and let it comfort you. Because for Jesus and for me and for God and for you, God has already shown us that he will take care of us. And I would point to the cross of Jesus. God loves us so much that he sent himself down to earth to die for us, to save us from sin, to save us from eternal death and give us eternal life. There is the proof 
The proof is that he came and he did this for us because he loves us more than the birds, more than the flowers. He really loves us. And he says, I will take care of you. I will take care of you. Trust me. And as we reflect on that idea of communion and we reflect on, you know, Jesus, his life and his death and his resurrection, I want us to take our communion cups or the communion meal that you have before you or afterwards. And I want us to really think about um, the glory of God and what he's done for us and his, and his, and his providence and, and how much he's in control of things and how much we're not in control. And the communion can reset our minds to remembering that God is completely in charge and we love him for what he's done for us. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for this time to celebrate communion. Thank you for the teachings of Jesus and the worry, the teachings of things in our life that can, can really, you know, affect us. And they're real and they're important, God. But I know you're greater than anything, Father. And we just wanted to just to remember this time of the resurrection of the seriousness you had about saving us. And that was, that was really a, a decision of love to come to earth and to become human like us and to live among us and to show us and to model for us and to teach us and then to die and resurrect, to give us a chance of eternal life and overcoming eternal death. We are so grateful. Thank you, God, for all you've done. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.